Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Things he has done, amen? Amen. All right, don't, don't go out on me yet, all right? Don't leave me alone, all right? And uh, we're going to be in Exodus. <clears throat> uh, surprise, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 12, Exodus chapter 12. And um, one thing that I enjoy uh, about approaching preaching in, the, in this expositional way is that it helps us see the beauty of the narrative, tying link by link by link. And that just paints the picture so clearly. of Whatever truth we're looking at, it helps us do that. So I love preaching through books or preaching through... Uh, different categories that's in those books, and that helps us see the mighty truths that's there for our lives. And so tonight, uh, Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to pick up in verse 21, read through verse 28. We'll be looking at a thought tonight, uh, faith for the future. Faith for the future. We'll be looking at two main thoughts, and I pray it's an encouragement to you. Um, that's what we want to be when we gather together is an encouragement for you to live the Christian life and live it for the Lord and not live life for ourselves. We live for a higher purpose than ourselves. Amen? It's for the Lord. And so I'm excited about this portion of Scripture. So let's dive in tonight, Exodus chapter 12 and verse uh, 21. If you're there tonight, say Amen. Amen. All right, let's begin. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. <clears throat> and ye shall take a bunch of hyssop. The opera, I'm sure you've got plenty of hyssop in your garden, correct? He's locked into his Bible. He ain't paying me no attention tonight. Wake him up, Sister Mary Jo. Wake him up. I said, you got a bunch of hyssop in your garden, right? i got plenty of it. <laughs> I don't know why the Lord said speak to Brother Hopper for a minute and, and, and get his attention. No, I'm joking. Anyway, and ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel... And on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye, <clears throat> excuse me, when ye be, be come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. 
who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt. When he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and worshipped. Last verse. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. Let's pray. Father, what a beautiful portion of Scripture. What a, what a time of faith that has been placed in the hearts of these people. How it is we've seen, we are seeing it being now exercised. We are also seeing a picture, Father, of the passing down of this faith. Father God, I pray you help us to see the model for us in this passage. Oh, what a great thing it is. A beautiful thing. A thing to rejoice about. Of one's faith being in the provision that you have given for salvation, for deliverance. God, I pray that we <clears throat> don't become dull to this truth, the truths that's here in these verses. But I pray, Father, you help us to get excited about the application that we're, we're going to see tonight. Um, and I pray that you would see the same principles, Lord, and uh, what they foreshadowed for us. I pray you see the principles that we see here in our lives. And that we see the beautiful picture of Christ, His blood atonement, and that it's by faith alone that it can be applied to our lives. And Lord, guide us in this text. And Father, I, I know, Lord, that I'm a dying man preaching to dying people. And Lord, we need the truth. Because the truth sets us free. Hearing the truth gives us faith. So, Father, help us to understand it with all that we can. Now, I pray all this in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Faith for the future. Um, verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel. And he said, Here now is what I want you to do. Now, before this... Do a little bit of recap for everybody. <clears throat> and I'll try to do less of clearing my throat. You pray for them, but I know I may struggle just a little bit tonight. It's one of those frogs. You ever get one of those frogs in your throat? <clears throat> and it hangs on for dear life. And so we'll pray God remove that frog like he did those in Egypt. Right? Just get rid of the thing. <clears throat> so anyway, in, in chapter 12, uh, Moses instituted, we know, as the memorial feast to memorialize the Passover. Uh, we know of all the plagues, and, and I'll, we'll look at those in just, just a few minutes, but a lot of plagues have happened, and now we're coming to this, this final plague, this climactic moment, if you will. And so they, he's explained, gave them instructions about the lamb, what they are to do with the lamb. They are to observe and see if the lamb is clean, if it's without spot, because this lamb would be used, the blood of this lamb would be used as a token of deliverance when the death angel would come and take the firstborn of every home and even of the cattle. And so it was a very, very detailed uh, instructions that, that Moses gave. And so the husband would take the lamb, he would cut the lamb's throat, the blood would be applied to the doorpost and the lintel. They would roast the lamb, they would, they would eat the lamb. We, we've unpacked all that. I'm not going to go back and unpack all of that for you. But then we come to the unleavened bread. And how that their homes should be rid of leaven. 
We understood that leaven is symbolic of sin. And so we see that picture, how we are to be rid of sin. And so they have all this instruction. All of this, all this instruction. And now Moses in verse 21 says, Now I want you to take the Passover lamb, and now it's time to do it. You know, I, I see sometimes we have instructions about what God wants us to do with our lives. And sometimes, as far as it goes, is academic. But Moses said there is application for truth. There is application for instruction that God's given you. We learn a lot from that. And so now Moses is saying, now, it's time to take the Passover lamb. It is time for there to be faith in action. All right? Faith in action. Now, there's, two, there's a principle that I want you to go home with tonight. All right? We're not going home yet. But I want you to get it, and I want you to take it with you when you leave. And it's this. Faith in action today for faith to be taught tomorrow. Because what you're going to see tonight is now Moses is calling the children of Israel to faith being put into action. All right? So faith without works is a dead faith. Works should be found when faith is real. Amen? And, and so here, he's like, now your faith needs to be put to action. Take the lamb, do what I've told you, apply the blood, because the death angel's coming. But then we'll get to a point in this passage where faith is going to be taught. Going to be taught and rooted in to some young hearts as well. And these young hearts, it's important of how that faith gets rooted. It's, it's better rooted when they see that faith, not just here of the faith of their family. And so faith in action today brings you to the place where you can teach them faith for tomorrow. And you see that we're going to see that broken down for us tonight. Now, first of all, their faith in action. Now, you may ask this question uh, because you see, faith is a journey. Faith is a journey. And God takes you on that journey. So the Bible says that no man seeks God, desires God, or goes after God. And God must bring you down a journey to place faith in you. The Bible says, hearing of the, or hearing, or faith cometh by hearing. Faith is placed in you by the power of God. And here, these people have been, have been taken through a journey. You may ask, well, why didn't God just bring them here? Let's just get to the Passover. Let's just get to the climactic moment where we're leaving this place. Well, they needed to come to this point of faith in their life. They needed to come to a place where they trusted the shed blood of this innocent lamb. That they would apply it to the doorpost in the lintel. That they would trust the safekeeping of this blood. You remember God said that I am, that I am like no other in heaven and earth, I'm, I'm like no other. There's none like me on earth. And so not only was God having his way with Pharaoh and destroying the idols of Egypt, but he was growing the faith in his people. Because here is a place in their life that it's not just for this moment. But it's for generations. It's important that we take the journey of faith seriously that God takes us on. Because it's not just for this older generation. We'll understand it's for generations and generations to come. So faith is now being called to action. I've got a, a picture up here. Just, just think about uh, where they have come. 
this journey. I think it's of all the plagues. Brother Matthew, if you can throw that up, if you can read it. We, the first plague was the Nile, the turning of the Nile into blood. Remember that plague? And all the water that was taken out of the Nile in jars and basins, it was all turned to blood. The frogs, the gnats, the dust was turned into gnats. The flies, all the livestock died. The boils, the hell, the locusts, and even one of the most interesting was the darkness that was brought into the land. And you probably preached a lot longer on that thought of darkness in the land, how that impacted people. And they have had a journey. Would you agree they have had a journey of faith for this climactic moment for their faith to be put to action? Because there was a means to their deliverance. But we're going to find in just a moment that it took faith to make the application so they could be delivered because there were nine plagues that they've been through. And here comes number 10, and it is the death angel. All right? It is the death angel. They went through these plagues. They faced constant rejection from Pharaoh. Uh, They had increased. Remember how Pharaoh increased uh, their pain, their agony, the taskmasters. They, hey, take away the products that helps them make brick, make it even harder on them. And it was a journey. God had to develop a faith they did not have of their own. And I'm thankful God still does that for us today. Amen? I'm so thankful for that today. See, God knew His salvific plan. God knew that He would take the Jewish people to take the gospel to the known world. That was His plan. And this, my dear friend, what's going to happen was the foundational thing for them to really appreciate and see and understand really what Jesus came to do. They were able to understand it as he would relate back to the Passover and relate to the Lamb. Remember John the Baptist said, Here is the Lamb slain before the, you know, uh, that's come to take away the sin of the world. And when he said Lamb, you know where their mind went? Right back to Exodus. God was building a foundation of faith for generations. So can I just encourage you? There were times they accused God. You know what, God? You don't need, you're not even helping us in the least bit. Their faith hadn't gotten very far yet. And God was developing their faith. Um, I remember Moses. Remember talking about Moses. Moses told, told the Lord, he said, Lord, you've not delivered us in the least Bit, but all the time God was working their deliverance out, working faith in them. And now it's time to put the faith that God has developed and grown and placed in them to use. To be seen, not only experienced, but to be seen by those around them. Now, let me just ask you for just a moment, by way of just practical application. Do you remember back God's journey with you, bringing you to faith? Do you remember that? There's a time you did not want God, you didn't desire God, you didn't seek God, but God sought you. And He brought you on a journey. I love James James Johnson's, I, I love his testimony. How God essentially, physically, Almost took his life, right, Sister Charlene? And, and he would tell you. It's been a while since I've had him share his testimony. It's about time to do that again. Um, 
Some journeys look a little different. But God knows the journey you need to have the faith that you need. Amen? And this, my dear friends, was a faith that was needed looking way ahead for the understanding of what the Lamb of God would be to take away the sin of the world. They developed a faith here by the grace of God. So we see that their faith, there was a journey to their faith, but now we find, if you look a little bit further, their application by faith. Their application by faith. And so notice this. He said, take a bunch of hyssop. Hyssop was essentially just a, a weed, if you will, just to get it in our mind. Just, and it grew out of rocks and crevices. And you may even still see some of it today in the rocks and crevices and, uh, of Israel. And they said, take a bunch of it. And you're going to use that to apply this blood. Now, many would say, and I don't have a problem with this, that hyssop, well, we would relate that to faith. That hyssop was the instrument of which to take the blood and apply it to the lintel and the doorpost of their home. And let me just say this. Without application, there is no satisfaction. You see, there had to be a satisfaction of God for this death angel to pass over. And the satisfaction would be the application of this blood. But this blood was to be applied by this bunch of hyssop. And I'll just tell you today what breaks my heart as a pastor, that there are many that will preach and teach today, that there are other means to apply the atoning work of Christ to your soul. But I'm telling you something tonight, that there is no other means in which God has given to apply the atonement other than complete faith. Faith alone to apply the atoning work of the Lord Romans 3.28 says this, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. We conclude. Period. It, it's, this is the conclusion of the matter. It is, man is justified by faith. Hebrews 11.6, you all know this passage. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, their application was by faith. Remember, God is building a foundation for them to see Christ and His glory and how salvation, final salvation, is applied. By grace through faith, you're saved. Amen. By grace alone, through faith alone, you're saved. Now, I'm thankful for that. But can I also show you this? As we're talking about their faith in action, we see their journey. We, we see their, their, the application of the blood was by their faith. But notice also this, their confidence in the blood. Their confidence in the blood. Look a little bit further here in our text. So they take the, the hyssop, they dip in the blood, they put it where, God, where, where Moses said to place the blood. All right. Now notice this. On two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. What God is saying is this, is that this blood must be trusted 100% where it's, where it's at. And where it was, was above the entrance to their home. And if they would pass under and trust the blood, remain in their home trust the blood, uh, then the angel would pass over the door. If they passed under with confidence in the blood, the angel would pass over the door. Amen? 
We go under and he will go over. And what a, what a wonderful picture that is. And they said, you must stay within. And what that was saying is this, if you truly have confidence and you truly have faith in Christ, it will show you will remain in the home. Now, there's some that make professions sometimes that I put my faith in Christ. But Brother Hopper, you know as well as I do, eventually it will show where their confidence has always been. Whether it's been in the atoning work of Christ or in the works of their own self. Amen? And so that's the picture that we see here. If you walk out of this home, you never did trust the blood you walked under to begin with. Because when you trust something, you depend on that something. And if you trust Christ truly in your past, you continue trusting Christ in your present. And you will continue trusting Christ in your future because you are changed and you persevere because of what the Spirit does. He seals you. Amen. And you do not change who you trust. That's the work of God. Their faith, their faith as we see, is now brought to action. And we find many acted and they placed the blood where it's supposed to and they stayed in the home of which he said to stay in now let's come to another sobering thought and just the final point is this we see their continuing faith their continuing faith now look a little bit further in our text he says you shall in verse 24 and ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to, to thee and to thy sons forever all right it shall come to pass when ye come to the land, which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service, this, this Passover feast, this unleavened bread feast. You're going to keep it for generations. Now, notice, notice, what verse, notice verse 26. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? I had to, I had to stop there just for a second. Um, that, had, that would have meaning to me before I was a dad, but it has a whole lot more meaning to me now. Now, let's, 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 let's understand what exactly is happening here. And if I may narrate this just for a moment. Now, let me say this. There are some things that fade out with generations, right? I grew up uh, with horses, quarter horses. We, uh, my, my grandpa saw it as a vital thing, I think, just for, you know, for our character and enjoyment and just enjoying a piece of his childhood, and I'll always be thankful for that. And he made sure we always had horses there. We trained them, we, we broke them, we trail ride, we showed, we, we did a lot of things with horses. And I learned a lot of life lessons through those horses. But sadly, after he passed away and went to the Lord, the, the, the means of which to take care of him sort of faded away. And that sort of went, that went away. The owning, I still enjoy, love horses, but owning them into that capacity, that, that faded away. It sort of died out. But God is very specific of something that should not die out with the generations here. And it's this feast. It's this memorial that he has told, told his people to continue through all generations. And he said, your children. He said, when they come to you, what is the meaning? 
What is the meaning of this feast? Isn't it a blessing to hear children being inquisitive about your faith? Ain't it a blessing? We should always accept the questions. Amen? Because one that has questions, we pray that we'll continue to build to where faith becomes real in their life. But this would maybe be maybe how the narrative would go between a Jewish father and a Jewish son or daughter. Uh, they may start out like this, you know, son, I, I, can, I can explain. You see, they asked questions because they saw faith in action. Remember that. That was first. And now he says your children were asked questions because of what they saw. And he said, you know, this is why we do this. There was a time, young man, son, daughter, that, that we were... We were a people. We were not a strong people. We were not a great people. But can I tell you something? No one really loved us or thought much about us. But there, was a, there is a God in heaven that placed His love on us. And that He made a covenant relationship with us and as Jehovah God. And, and He told us that you will be my people and I will be your God. And can I tell you, son, there were times where I began to doubt that actually God would keep His covenant with us. There were times where I thought that maybe God had forgot about us. But can I tell you something? There was that time in Egypt when it got tough. Joseph died and the Pharaoh that loved him died and it got hard. It got tough. And, and, and they began to be fearful about us growing in number. And, 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 and so there was so many times we couldn't even worship God because of where we were. But there was a man by the name of Moses that, that came by and God led him. And he began to face Pharaoh head on. And even at times then we, 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 we were very doubtful about is really God going to come through? Is really God going to be the covenant-keeping God that he said he would be? But can I tell you something? There was the time when, when all the plagues were, were coming to pass, and God was victorious in all of those, but Pharaoh was still objecting. But there was that final moment. There was a time when the death angel was going to come, and there would be death in our home. But then the great God of heaven, the one that had a covenant with us, told Moses and gave us instruction that if we would take an innocent lamb, and I was one of them, I had to shed its blood. Looking at that innocent lamb and having to cut the throat of that lamb and, and even got a little attached to it. It didn't deserve it, but you know, it had to die. And we took that blood and we applied it to the doorposts and the lintel. And when the death angel come, we heard screams. We heard many losing their firstborn in their homes. But his people, and that includes your people, were saved because God kept his promise and kept us safe. But it had to be because of the blood. It had to be because of the sacrifice and the life that was taken of the lamb. And, and that's why we keep this feast. Because it remembers back when we deserved, our firstborn was deserved to die. We were not a special people, but God put his love on us. And so we followed God's instructions, and we were saved from that death angel that night. All the screams were around us, but we were under the blood that he told us to apply by faith. And, and, and dear son, dear daughter, that's why we do what we do today. Now let's think about today. We also have a supper, do we not? This is in complete context, I believe, with Scripture. Jesus came, the Lamb to take away the sins of the world. And He came. As all of that foreshadowed Christ, Christ came and 
did all that was needed to be done to, to, to satisfy the Father's wrath, the way we could be saved by faith. And we have a, a supper today called the Lord's Table or the Lord's Supper. During the time of the Passover, Jesus took his apostles. He said, hey, let's make a table ready. Let's make this Passover. And, and when they took those elements, the same elements they used back in the Old Testament, the same elements they were using then, the unleavened bread and the unleavened cup, the unleavened bread and the wine, he took those elements. And he said, this is the blood of the New Testament. This is my blood, symbolic of his blood that would be shed for those undeserving of life. He would say, here is this unleavened bread. And he said, this is my body, symbolizing of what he was going to do. That his body would be broken willingly. No one took his life, but he laid his life down. And so his body was broken, humiliated, probably unrecognizable after they had beat him to the level that they did. And that he shed his blood on Calvary. And can I tell you, that's why we continue even today having this memorial service, this worship service of the Lord's table. Because you know what? And God placed His love, amen, on sinners. And He sent His Son to be the Lamb to take away the sin of the world. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we have a supper, an ordinance that we can, that we can commemorate what Jesus has victoriously done for us. Aren't you thankful for that tonight? So we have a memorial service as well tonight that was a fulfillment of all that was in the Old Testament. It was a fulfillment of all of those things, and we commemorate Him. But let me just, can I go to a broader, I, want to, I, I can't help but go to a broader thought. When I look at this text and it says, you know what, your children are going to come to you and they're going to ask you, what's the meaning of this? What is this? And that was specifically the feast in parallel to even today, the Lord's table. And you see that connection. But my mind, I can't help, I can't help but go to even thinking of things like this. Thinking about Henry and thinking about that I pray that he'll come to me one day. I think it's probably one of the most Probably the most awesome, most awesome thing they could say to you is say, Dad, why do you pray with me? Why do we pray? Why do you read your Bible to me? Why do we, why do, we do family devotions at home? Why, why do you love Mom the way you do? Why? You see, if Henry asks those questions, it's because he has seen a faith in action first. And I know I'm a little stepping outside of the exact the, the, the context of what he's talking about, but folks, can I tell you something? Our lives should be lived to where the youth that's in our life ask questions about why we do what we do. Amen? Can I ask you something tonight? Is your faith in action to the point to where you've had the opportunity to answer those questions from your own children? So, Brother Josh, they never asked me those questions. Then I think the next question that we need to be asking in our own lives, am I reading my Bible 
not just for my own life, but am I reading it to them? Am I praying with them? Am I leading my family in family devotions? Is my faith in action to a point where my children actually ask me why we do these things? I pray, Henry, I look at him and I pray, God, help me to be the example. Help me, help me to to live my life to where he sees and begins to work in his mind. Why do we do these things? And then the Bible says to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you a question. And folks, can I say something? It should begin to the people that's under your roof answering their questions. But what I... I, Folks, I tell you, pray for me because I want those questions to come from his mouth. And the only way they'll come is if, they, if he sees those things that brings him to asking those questions. You know why the, God said the children would ask him this? Because they would see them taking this feast. They would continue doing it and doing it and doing it. And they would have the opportunity to answer those very questions. But can I, I want to leave you with this tonight. Notice how they end. Moses gives all this instruction, and now it's time to act. And their actions will be seen by their children, and their children will ask questions. God, Moses gives them this instruction. Notice how they respond. Look, look at this, please, in verse 27. Here is they, 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 here's what they are to explain to their children, right? In, verse, in, in the last part of verse 27, notice this. And the people bowed the head... And worshipped. They received this instruction. And notice in verse 28. They put it to action. And the children of Israel went away. And did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So did they. They worshipped. They obeyed. When God said there is none like me in the earth, they came to a point now where they, I think they truly believed it. They saw him as the true covenant God and they went and they did what Moses said. And I believe they went forward to where their kids asked them those questions and they were able to answer them and pass on this faith into their life as as well. They were now believing the truth of God and they were truly believing that God is a God that only makes promises to His people but He keeps them. And I'm thankful that that's the God that we serve tonight. Amen? I'm thankful that when I tell Henry about the the Savior that owns me and that I belong to and that is the Lord of my life, that I can tell him that that he cares for you, that he knows exactly what's going on in your life, that he is the one that cares about your problems, that he never leaves or forsakes us. And I'm thankful that I can teach this soon-to-be young man who that God is. Amen? Because that's God's desire is for them to know Him. But notice this tonight. Nothing is new for us today. Nothing's different from then till now. Men are still God's method of getting the message of faith into the hearts of people that need it. Starting with your home. Amen? Faith for the future. Faith in you that needs to be in action, needs to be seen. So that those that will live beyond you and past you can remember the faith that you taught them. And pray and hope and pray that they will put their faith in Christ because of what you taught them. And then in their life, following your model, will teach others about their 
faith. Folks, we are in a life, the Christian life, of duplication. Duplication. Getting that faith to those that need it. So I ask you tonight, uh, Sister Arbor, the mic, if you'll come, let's stand to our feet ever so quietly. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment once we gather for a song. Um, Tonight, I want to ask you, is your faith continuing to believe in Jesus' vicarious death and resurrection? If your faith is continuing to have confidence in Christ, it's because you truly placed your faith in Christ in your history. But if you don't have a faith in Christ tonight, you, you can believe, trust on Him, and be born again. And let me ask you this question tonight. Is your faith in action? Does your children, does your nieces, do your nephews, do your grandchildren... When they come to visit and they watch you, what, do they, what questions do they ask you? Are they just, just typical questions someone may ask, either how to fish or how to throw a ball or how to do this, that, and the other? Or do they ask you about your faith? Can I encourage you tonight? Maybe there needs to be a change in your life to where they start asking you questions about Christ, about the Lord, about your faith. That's the life. We need to be living in front of our family and our children. So tonight, are you saved? And if you're saved, is your faith in action? To where others, starting with your home and your family, are inquisitive about that faith. That's your life's purpose tonight, is living a faith that people see, starting with your family. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We're so grateful for the truth that's here, and I'm thankful that we commemorate the atoning death of Christ and His resurrection, and that we can teach our children of that atonement, that they can be saved.